So he kind of asked me to come up and uh, kind of just share my story with you guys. Um, and so how I got here was about probably about two years ago. Um, a couple friends of mine told me, they're like, hey, we go to this super cool youth group and, and stuff, and, and you should come. And I was like, okay, probably won't happen, but all right. And because I was, I was already kind of um, involved in this other youth group, and I was leading worship there and serving and stuff. But I mean, eventually, uh, the circumstances worked out to where I could go. And so I came. I showed up a little late. And I just remember I, w I walked through those doors. And then, like, I saw over here, there was, like, this weird guy with, like, a man bun screaming something about a, a baby bronco. And I was, I was really confused. And I was like, what did I get myself into? But it was fine. I mean, and, and, and so I was, I was there, and I was, you know, it was, it was, I was really uncomfortable, but it was, it was okay. And um, so I remember just, just going back, and I... I knew this. I knew it wasn't gonna be my last time here, and um, so then a couple, I guess about a year later, I got a, a text from my friend Elijah, and he was like, "Hey, I lead worship at this uh, middle school thing, and we need a guy. Can you be that guy?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess I can be that guy." And I didn't realize that it was like the same, so I didn't really know what I was. Signing up for it, but it was fine, and so and so I went, and then <laughs> and then I <laughs> so I, I helped lead worship there, and it was it was cool, and it was and 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 stuff, and they and then Isaac asked me, he was like, hey, can you do this like regularly? Can this be like a thing that happens? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. And so that happened, and then I I the more involved I got, the more I realized it was it was home. And it was where God wanted me, me to be. And so I was uh, continuing to serve at Avenue over here and, and stuff. And then uh, a couple months, eh, a few months ago, yeah, I got a, a job opportunity here. And so that's, that's where I'm at. My, my name's Luke the Intern, if, if you don't know me. All right, yeah. Anyways, um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. That's what Isaac asked. But I remember one of the coolest things, and when um, the first time I did something like this over at Avenue, I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say that they're going to care about. Like, I wasn't this cool, like, I'm not cool, but I wasn't like this, this, this bad guy that, that did stuff and, and sold drugs and stuff before Jesus. And I remember one of the coolest things, she was like, she said, Luke, it doesn't matter. She said, it's, it's your story. And I was, one of the weirdest realizations, like, why should it matter where I was before Jesus saved me from hell? Jesus saved me from hell. Yeah. And so, and so um, yeah, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me, but just one of the coolest things about being a Christian, following Jesus, is that I'm not, I'm never, I'm never going to be the hero of my own. It's oh, my first time. Um, I'm never going to be the hero of my own story. Guys, I'm saying something important. Okay. And then no, no, I'm never going to be the hero of my own story because I'm constantly in a place where I can't even save myself. 
And every single time, God comes through. And it's one of the coolest things. So uh, I grew up, I was, I was born into a Christian home, so I went to church. Church was just something that happened. I mean, it was, it was a thing that I didn't, I didn't know there was any other thing. Like, church was just what happened. And, and so I did that, and it was always... It was always something I was a part of, but it was never really, I don't think it was ever something I wanted to be a part of. But I kept going, and then eventually one Christmas, it was like, I felt God's presence for the first time. I felt his love, and I accepted him in my heart. I prayed the prayer, and I meant it. Um, I became a Christian and all this stuff. And, but, I mean, other than that, nothing really changed for a few years. Um, but then I went to this, this D-Now weekend or whatever, and um, I don't know, I just, I was in the Word stuff, I was praising Jesus and stuff, and I, I just, that was really when I probably uh, surrendered my life to God, I was like, like I don't want to live any other way, I really don't, and I remember there's this moment where I told my parents, I was like, I want to serve like any opportunity I get and I didn't understand I didn't even know what that looked like at the time um, but anyway so so I kept going to church and stuff I picked up music and I started leading worship in my youth group and on Sunday morning sometimes so it was super cool and I was you know I was living it I was I was feeling good and stuff and then I got this opportunity to go to uh, go on a mission trip overseas this place called Belize this is really tiny country in like a Central America, there it is. And um, if, you, if, you, if you've heard of it, it's kind of surprising, but it's fine. So, um, so I was like, yeah, I'll go. It'll, it'll be fun. I get, I'll get some cool Instagram pictures, and I can say that I've been overseas. And so that was my entire thought process, and I just had the wrong attitude about it. And I remember... Um, the morning before, my flight was at like 4 a.m., and um, so I, I was like, oh, it'll be fine. I just won't sleep at all the night before. <laughs> and it wasn't fine. And so, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Okay. So I, I get up. I didn't get up. I never went down. And... Uh, <laughs> Okay, so I got up, and I, I went to the airport, and it was my first time flying, like, since I was a baby, so I didn't really know what to expect. I thought I did. I didn't. Um, so I go up there, and I go to the, like, security, and I'm already, like, delusional. I don't know what's going on. I didn't sleep. And, and so I go to security, and there's, like, this Asian lady yelling at me, and I'm like, why are you yelling at me? And I'm like just really stressed out and stuff and trying to just figure out what's happening. And then all this happens and I, I get on the plane and I like get sick and stuff. And it's, I don't like flying. I really don't. Anyways, so I'm on the plane. We're going and I have no sleep whatsoever. And then we have a, like a, a, a layover in Miami. And so... We're there, and I got some Starbucks, and it was a little bit better. And then I took a nap, and it was a little bit better. 
but it was still pretty rough. And so I get off the plane. I'm in this place. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm already like kind of freaked out. And then I see like all these guys with dreadlocks and, and singing weird stuff. And like there's goats everywhere. And it smells funny. I just remember I just wanted to go home. It was bad. And so I remember just like not even acknowledging God at all in that in the first couple days. And then it was one of the coolest things like God completely uh, flipped me around. It's one of the coolest things. See, God will humble you every single time. Like no matter how prideful you are. And so I, he completely turned me around, and I just I ended up loving it. I love this place. I love this, these people. And I just remember I didn't want to leave, and it was the first time that I really, like, like really um, had trouble leaving anything. So I'd never experienced that. And so I just remember the, the heartbreak, and I, just, I, I was never the same in a good way, I guess. And so that happened, and then um, I found out I had the opportunity to go back the next year. So I was super excited. I was like, yeah. I didn't do that. I don't know why. I didn't do that. Okay. I was super excited, and, and so I was, I was ready. I was ready to go back. I paid for the trip and everything, and then I get up to the airport. I'm ready to go. My parents leave. I'm like, peace out. I didn't say that. I don't know, I don't know why I'm saying these things. Okay. And so I was like, later, and then, that was probably more accurate. Um, and so then I'm, I'm, I'm at the airport, and I go up to the lady, and she's, she's like, hey, just so you know, uh, this country changed their laws, so you can't actually travel if you're under 18. And I was like, uh, I was 15 or 16 at the time. She's like, if you're under 18, you can't really travel without a notarized letter from your parent. Uh, saying that you can. And I was like, well, that's not cool. I don't have that. And she was like, well, I'm not letting you on the plane. And I was like, well, you're mean. And then she was like, no, she didn't say anything after that. I just walked away. And so I remember there was this, just this, this whole thing, and I was freaking out. I was stressed out. And there was a family there that uh, went on the trip with us, and they had nieces and nephews that also couldn't make the trip just because of the whole law thing. And, and so everybody's freaking out. Um, I just remember it was one of the weirdest things. It was like I just sat down on the airport, and you know like in the movies when like everything's happening around you, but there's like no sound, you know? No? You don't know? Okay. I was, it, yeah, that happened, and I was like, wow. No, I, okay, yeah, it was like, wow. And that happened, and <laughs> this is my first time. Um, and so I remember just, like, I'd never been so stressed out, and, and I was freaking out. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get to go back, this place that I love so much, and all these people that I told them I'd see them again. And so I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out, and everybody's freaking out. We're talking at the airport. We're up there for, like, three hours, and all this stuff is happening. And, and then finally I went home, and... I think we just, you know, gave up for a little while. We needed to go eat. We were hungry, and and so I went home, and I remember I was just, I was, I was just 
broken, I felt like, and I was just in this pit, and I was upset, and, and finally, I just, I had to say to God a couple times, and that's all I meant it. I said, God, if, if I don't get to make this trip, if I don't get to get on the plane, on a plane, I'm still going to serve you. I, don't, I didn't know what that looked like. I said, I'm still going to find a way to serve you. And it was in that moment, I just remember just God kind of telling me, he's like, it took you that long. It took all that stress and all that, all that stuff at the airport just to realize that you don't have to go overseas to be a missionary. I was like, dang. But anyway, so I remember that happened. I just remember just feeling this overwhelming peace. It was, it was so good. And uh, peace isn't something that I'm familiar with. Um, it's really not something that I have a lot of. So it was one of the coolest things. I remember like almost instantly in that moment, I got the call. They said, you're going on a plane tomorrow. I'm going to fly you out there. It's going to be good. And I was like, okay, we're good. And I just remember just rejoicing and just thanking God. And so I roll up, and I'm here. And I'm in the country. Everybody sees me. And they're like, hey, we didn't think you were coming. And I was like, yeah, I'm here. And then so all that happens. And then so it's, it's good. It's going good. I'm happy. I'm back in the place. And then uh, so I, we were at this uh, school every day. And I remember just like, they speak English, so it's, it's easy. And I didn't need a translator or anything for the most part. I couldn't understand a lot of what they say, but it's fine. And so, um, so I'm at this school, and I'm playing with these kids and all this stuff. And then I meet this one kid, and she's like a, I don't know, just like a lot of energy. And so, like, I, I, I make friends with this kid, and we're buddies and pals and stuff. And, and we have a good time, and we're, like, racing and, like, playing soccer. And she beats me every time because I'm not a really fast dude. But I, just, I was yeah, I, I let the kid win. That's what. That's why I said, yeah, just let the kid win. But anyway, so I remember I just I built this relationship with this kid, and and she told me um, she told me just to call her Fobby because I couldn't understand. Like she had a really long name, and I I didn't I didn't know how to say it. She's like, oh, just call me this. And I was like, okay. So I remember, and I remember she would memorize these verses, and it was like it's one of the coolest things. I remember, and on that trip, I remember learning what love is. What real love is is one of the coolest things in my life. And then, so finally I found out that she has this, like, big family. She said she had all these siblings and, and all this stuff, and she moves around a lot. And so I'm like, oh, dang. And, and, and then I remember I was, like, thinking, like, I have to say goodbye to this, this kid. And so the last day comes around, and I remember she hugged me like 17 times, probably 18. It was a lot. She said goodbye, and then finally, like, I was hugging her, whatever. The bus was honking at me. They're like, Luke, we got to go. I was like, I know. I just. And I remember I'm, I'm hugging her. I told her, it's finally, I'm like, I love you so much. And Jesus loves you. And then and I remember just seeing the look on her face. 
it didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have to be a genius to know that that was the first time she'd ever been told that. And so I went home and I was super upset. I was just in this dark pit. I was, I think it was the first time I was ever mad at God. And so I just, uh, I just remember this conversation that I had and I was like, God, I don't understand why I'm so privileged and, and, and I have clothes and I know what I'm going to eat every day. I know that I'm going to eat every day. I said, God, I don't understand why I'm here and I'm, I'm such a mess and I'm so screwed up and, and she's over there, just a bundle of happiness and joy and love and she doesn't know if she's going to eat tomorrow. And I didn't understand. I was like, God, Why? It, it didn't make sense to me, but then I just remember it hit me. I was like, if she even had a taste of God's love, if even for a second she knew what it feels like and, and what it's like, and she's just as privileged as I am. And so if you, if you want proof, we're going to uh, open up our Bibles to Psalm 23. Um, it's page 331 if you have a blue Bible. So, I, I mean, I didn't really have to. Rebecca, you waited, you waited till I started talking to do that. So the thing is, like, with the Bible, like, I'm actually, I'm not a failure until I stand up here and I don't open this once. So anyway, Psalm 23, verse 1, page 331, we'll just camp out on this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. I think it's one of the coolest things, and we could honestly, we could camp out on this, and we could talk about this for hours, but what the reality is, is that anything on this earth does not have any value. And so what happens is, is, is we're, we're so caught up in what the world teaches us and, and what we, we need to chase after, and it's like, And, and the flip side is we start to lose our own worth because we, we tell ourselves, I don't, I don't get as many likes as this person. I don't, this person doesn't like me. This person broke up with me. I don't have a cool Jeep. <laughs> and all this stuff, and we start to think that we're not as valuable. And, and when the reality is there's, there's nothing it's, that's, that's of any worth. Matthew 5, verse 3 says that God blesses, those, God blesses those who are poor in spirit and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And so, so the, the, the big thing is, like, the thing I want you to take away from this is if Jesus is all that you have, you have all that you need. 
and and so as we 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 start to look on the internet and all the stuff that that um that fades away and we what we find our worth in and then and and we tell ourselves like we take pride in these things that, that could be erased in seconds. But what Jesus did for us can never be erased. And so what I see is I just see Jesus hanging on the cross, the king of heaven hanging on the cross, and his ribcage is hanging out. And he's, his mom doesn't even recognize him. And he's just, everything that's happening here is he's screaming, I love you. Is that not good enough? That's the hero of my story. And that's why it's worth telling. If Jesus is all that you have, you have all that you need. So we're going to worship and stuff. Um, last of all, I just want to say thank you for listening. This is the highest honor of my life. I don't take it lightly. Can't wait to see what the future holds. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you couldn't sit around and watch us die. Thank you that you intervened. Thank you that you made a way. God, I pray that we would experience your love every day. God, I pray that we would give our lives to you every day. Thank you for all that you are. Thank you for all that you do. Amen.